Welcome to the J-Boy Show, hosted by Jake Crane, the fastest-growing sports show in the nation. I'm Coach Hugh Freeze. This is Super Bowl champion Brandon Graham. Hey, this is DJ Shockley, and you're watching. And you're watching. And thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the J-Boy Show. The hits just keep on coming, man. I feel like we're turning in the Beatles over here. Uh, but before we get to our guest today, another head coach at the Division One level, one of the best. Uh, you're going to know the name when I say it. But as usual, let me give a shout out to betonline.ag. Listen, uh, we're down uh, to nut cutting time, to, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, the Elite Eight uh, getting there, had some great games already. Going to talk about that a little bit. But make sure you go over to betonline.ag, find you a parlay, find you a prop. The online casino is always open. We know that. But we got Major League Baseball around the corner. Let's hope the Braves can do something in the playoffs this year. But they're going to have any prop you need, any sharp. They're going to actually gamble against you. And uh, we're going to have some fun. So head over to betonline.ag today. And remember, use J-Boy's picks. We're three and one yesterday. No thanks to Alex Reese hitting the buzzer beater. Killed me on the under, but we're still in the green. But without further ado, uh, let me bring on a guy you've seen coach in the SEC. You've seen him on the SEC Network. I thought he's phenomenal as a coach uh, and a broadcaster. He knows the game inside and out. And that is current UAB head coach. They had a hell of a year. Coach Andy Kennedy, a.k.a. Coach AK. Coach, what is up, man? I appreciate you joining us. Hey, man. Great to be with you. I hope you're well. You know, when you were saying nut cut time, I was hoping that was not my intro. <laughs> but uh, so I'm glad we segued on to, to something more positive. Oh, definitely. Well, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't have been nut cutting. It would have been net cutting if that was your There we go. There we go. That's, guys are that's doing the only things. cutting that's allowed around here. <laughs> definitely, man. Well, Coach, I, I want to start. Uh, you take over the UAB job. You guys come out, have a hell of a year. Uh, your guys, I thought, played really hard. And that's a staple of your teams. Uh, they play very hard. Uh, I always say, you know, I was a football coach playing through the whistle. Your guys do a good job playing through the whistle. How excited are you and how excited – is the UAB program, we know what they've been doing in football, but now being able to be relevant in basketball in such a short time, I know you've got to be thrilled. I'm going to get to some of the transfers you've got, uh, some big-time guys that are going to help next year as well, but I know you got to be pumped for the start. Well, I, I'm really proud of our guys. Uh, you know, I, I get the job. We get into a global pandemic. <laughs> uh, I literally do, do not meet the guys that were coming back off the current yeah. roster, nor was I allowed to do any in-person recruiting. <laughs> Everything is speed dating via Zoom, FaceTime, this, that, just trying to cobble together a roster. Uh, we didn't see the guys. I actually did not meet them until they got on campus in July. Wow. Uh, we This year was the most unusual of any of our lifetimes, most especially if you were trying to take over a, a new college basketball program. Mm -hmm. Just the daily testing, the uncertainty, the changing of schedules, you constantly had to be aware of uh, what could possibly change and be able to pivot accordingly proud of our guys we win 22 games we won 13 in conference usa Man. we had a good run we came up a little short of our goal we got beat by a very able western kentucky team in the conference usa tournament semifinals but i could not be more pleased uh with the discipline that our guys showed this year to get the season in and yep. with the results that we had in year one definitely i mean you know again everybody wants to go to the tournament but the way you guys uh, we're able to get that, you know, winning tradition that goes a long way. You know, when you win games, guys start to expect to win. And, and I want to ask you about that, but coach, you talk about, and I always look at it, you know, from a football angle, but you guys script practice too. And I can only imagine not knowing, man, are, 
we could possibly not have our best player this week or one of our players that we're counting on. You're one test away from having a contact trace, which means it could be two or three guys. Just it's already hard enough. And, and I love taking our audience, uh, you know, inside the program a little bit uh, inside those staff rooms. It already takes a lot to script practice the way you want to make sure you feel like you're putting your guys in the best position. How much harder was it this year to be able to say, all right, this is what we got for the week, but we've got to be able to, you know, we talk about sudden change all the time and not letting change change you. How crazy was it just trying to cobble together? Cause that's what it is in my opinion, having to cobble together a practice plan. You know, you get your scouting report and saying, all right, you know, this is what we need from this guy. This is what we need from the two. This is what we need from the three. This is what we need from the five. Uh, at the end of the day, how difficult was that? Cause you guys navigated it. And again, it's only going to get easier from here. Uh, I would think as we come out of this thing, knock on wood. Well, uh, it, it was bizarre. This is my 24th year in coaching, 14th as a head coach, and nothing that I'd ever experienced before. When you think you've seen it all, nothing <laughs> really prepared you for this season. Think about this. Typically, a coach is consumed 24-7 with making sure that his team is prepared for the next opponent. But literally, the last thing that you thought about as you were going to bed at night and the first thing you thought about when you woke up the next day was, did anybody test positive? Are we going to have our full roster of players? Is our opponent able to play? Yeah. What, uh, are there any travel issues related to COVID? The situation that we're going in, I mean, how is how are the circumstances? Are fans allowed in? So everything was, was so different than what you're typically as a coach singularly focused on preparing your team because of the unknown that COVID brought with it. So it was a bizarre year. And then you add in our league, Conference USA, some of the some of the teams throughout the, the country decided, uh, based on COVID, to play back-to-back -back games, and we yeah. were one of those. So Man. not only are you uh, dealing with all of these un unusual things off the court, now you're preparing for an opponent. You would go in and play one team on Friday night and then turn right back around and play that same team, same venue at about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, which was bizarre in and of itself. So very, very strange year again. I'm pleased that that we were able to create some positive momentum for UAB basketball, quite frankly, that creating momentum was yeah. next to impossible. Uh, without a doubt. And again, it's it was such a crazy year, and I appreciate you kind of expanding on that. And Coach, you know, again, I, I've watched your teams play for a while. And, you know, I know there's a common theme, toughness, you know, discipline. But when when fans go and watch UAB or they turn on the TV and they see UAB, what do you want them to say at the end of the day when they're walking out of that Coliseum, that arena, whatever you want to call it, what do you want them to say about an Andy Kennedy coach basketball team? Well, I think you hit on a few of the things. I, I want, number one, after the, the viewing experience for it to be enjoyable, I want you to say, man, that was a fun team to watch. I really liked the way that they competed. I yeah. really liked the way that they were connected and they played together. And, man, did they seem to have a real joy for the game. Mm -hmm. Think about this. You know, all of the extracurriculars, all of the popularity, big man on campus syndrome, uh, adoration from fans in the arena – we lost all of that this year. So honestly, the thing that continued to motivate our guys was the joy of playing the game, the opportunity that that presents and the love for one another. So I want that to shine through uh, yeah. for people to see us as we represent uh, not only this great university, but, but a tremendous community. And I, and I want people to, when they watch us to feel good about that representation. Yeah, I mean, they do. And, it, you know, women lie, men lie. The numbers don't lie. 22 and 7 
uh, in a pandemic year. And uh, coach, your your team style of play, you know, we always say, all right, this team is a almost like football, you know, up tempo. This team wants to slow you down. And I want to get into some of these tournament games as well, because I know, you know, like me, you're a, a basketball uh, junkie and, and you're going to watch, you know, every game. Because I think you learn something, too, from every game or maybe see some. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw Baylor literally run, uh, get in an empty set on an out-of-bounds play and run a spacing combination to get the ball in. All the guys started out-of-bounds. I've never seen that before. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I actually saw UCLA do it, too, uh, last night against Alabama. But what would you say your guys' style of play is? Because obviously they uh, people are liking it. You get Jamal Johnson, big-time transfer from Auburn, uh, K.J. Buffett, uh, a guy that, that we all remember uh, from Ole Miss. Obviously, your style of play is attracting a lot of guys. How would you describe it in, in layman's terms for our audience? Well, we try to be aggressive and play up-tempo. This year, we were a little slower with our offensive pace than, than typically I am comfortable with, just based on personnel. You know, we all recruit to a certain philosophy, but then I think as a coach, you have got to make adjustments depending upon the strengths and weaknesses of your team. To me, that, to me, that's what a coach is. I mean, think about the late, great John Thompson who we lost this year, unfortunately, yeah. along with another pioneer in the game and John Chaney. But Big John, when you think about the John Thompson coach team, what do you say? Man, he was a great big man's coach because he had Ewing, he had Mutumbo, he had Morning. But then he got Allen Iverson, and 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 he wasn't worried about throwing that thing in the post very much. <laughs> he, he adapted to the strength of his team. So we try to do that year in and year out. For us this year, we were tremendous defensively. We were fifth in the country in scoring defense, and we were yeah. third in the country in turnover margin, meaning we didn't turn it over much, and we turned you over, allowing us to get out in the open floor and manufacture opportunities in the, in the, in the broken floor. That was our strength this year. Uh, we got to add some scoring punch to continue to build off the momentum created in year one. But we're always going to be aggressive in our style of play. Yeah, and I always say in coaching, if you're not evolving, you're dissolving, and the best coaches – can always adjust to their personnel. I say the dinosaurs, they didn't start a space program. They weren't able to stop the meteor. At least that's what they tell us. Uh, and that's just <laughs> one example. But coach, you know, we, we hear the term connected on defense. You know, our guys are really connected on defense. How would you describe that? I, I know that that being multiple, you can't just sit in one thing, you know, whether you're running some one, three, one zone, uh, whether you're running some man to man, uh, being able to switch and, and stuff like that. But what is being connected? I mean, is that communication? Because uh, again, I used to, you know, I coached the secondary and I would say, listen, the worst thing we can do is get the call wrong and half of us be running one thing and half of us be running another thing. But the, the best thing, if we're all wrong, we're all right. Now, I don't want you to be all wrong. I want you to get the call in, but at least we'll be sound if everybody's wrong running the same thing. Well, that that's so true. Uh, sometimes you can call the wrong thing, but if you're connected as a unit, even though you may schematically uh, be in the wrong formation, you can still get the job done. We have a saying, we, we, and, I, and I'm sure this would work too for, for defensive backs, hey, see early, talk early. So yes. we want guys aware so that they can recognize and then communicate what they're seeing so that we can stay as one. Connected basically means moving in unison as one so that we're not allowing any gaps through our D. Yeah, definitely. And you can never talk too much. There's no such thing as a blabbermouth. I'd rather you over-communicate. Over it's like a good marriage. you got to have good communication or it's not going to work, especially when you're on defense, which for us guys, we know most of the time we're always on defense, so you got to stay connected <laughs> yeah, as well. Shame. But, <laughs> but uh, Coach, you know, before I get in this NCAA tournament games, we all know how crazy this transfer portal is. And, and 
you know, regardless of what you think about it, the teams that take advantage of it, and it's not just going out and trying to find the best player. It's going out and trying to find the best player that fits what you want to do, not only schematically, but culturally as well, because we all know how important the locker room is. And in, in sports, the best teams police themselves. The locker room's able to handle it. The coaches do their jobs. You get Jamal Johnson from Auburn, a guy that really came on toward the end of the year. It's amazing. Rarely do you see a guy go from the two to the one and become a better scorer. Typically, it's going from the one to the two. And then you get K.J. Buffett from uh, Ole Miss. Just how excited are you guys? And I know you got a great base there. you got a great foundation. You have guys that are already there. But being able to supplement what you've already done with some of the young guys that you have that are promising and bringing in two veterans that have played in big moments uh, that understand what it's going to take and have had success at that level. Because again, from a cultural standpoint, those guys are going to be able to come in and contribute just as much on the mental and cultural side as on the schematic and physical side. Well, to, to your to your larger point, and I, I agree with everything you just said, but to your larger point, this transfer portal is bananas. Like bananas. people, I don't I don't think people truly understand what is happening in the world of intercollegiate athletics mm -hmm. with COVID, not only do kids get the year back, but now you, and again, it's not completely official, but we all know, wink, wink, it's going to be official sooner rather than later where a kid can go and transfer one time in his four year of four years of eligibility and be immediately eligible. It, it is going to be complete free agency as it relates to managing your team. We've always had to manage rosters in my business, but now we, it really goes to an extreme. And to your point, with because of COVID and the inability to go and in-person recruit, think about, the to me, the two most important aspects of recruiting – are number one, in-person evaluation, yes. where you can watch a kid, how he interacts with his coaches, how he interacts with his teammates, how he prepares, how he sits on the bench after things haven't gone wrong. All of the things that build into making him the player that he is, you don't get the opportunity. Now, you can get on Synergy, and you can see all the highlights that you want to see, but you really can't get a great in-person evaluation based on COVID circumstances. And then the second thing is you, you can't have a uh, one-on-one personal interaction. So you can't read a guy's body language. Man. You can't, you can't, you can't sense his aura. You can't see if he's uh, confident or not with his body language. Use deterrence. So with this transfer portal, man, this is just the start because coaches are going to hit and miss because they don't have the ability to do the two things, which are so vital in our business. Uh, based on COVID circumstances. But listen, it, I've always believed that as long as it's a universal rule and everybody is operating under the same premise, then you have to adjust to your earlier point, uh, adjust, adapt, and, and figure out how to make it work in your situation. Yeah, well, I mean, it, to me, even with it being here, I, I get scared of the super teams. And, and again, filtering down from the NBA with, with LeBron and the Heat, now you look at the Nets, I mean, they're basically an all-star team walking around there. Uh, you know, it's uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Nets, you know, versus the West in the all-star game. But, you know, uh, Coach, I don't think you're going to have I don't, I don't think you're going to have that as much in college, though, because really? all these kids are all these kids are trying to get to that level. So they all want to make sure that they have an opportunity to grow and excel in order to get to yeah. that level. You know, I, I and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but think, oh, about, you're good, I, I think about what's happening with the Brooklyn Nets right now. People signing up to join that, 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 that group of dynamic players. But also think about this, the guys that are signing up 
up the Blake Griffiths, the Lamarcus Aldridge. They're at the tail end of their careers. They've made their money and they're ring chasing. That's so exactly it's, right. it's it's a different mentality, I think, in college. Now, certainly the Dukes and the Kentuckys and the Carolinas, they're always going to get great players, always have, always will. But I don't know from a transfer portal standpoint if a lot of guys are going to join together unless it makes sense for them individually. Yeah. And there are, I mean, guy, how many Division One teams are there in, in college? So like 316, somewhere around there, maybe even 357. more than 357. So, I mean, it's, you know, you got a, a lot more teams than you do in the NBA. That's a great point. You know, Coach, this question just came to me. Does the G League, just from a coaching standpoint, do, does it worry you that, that the G League can come in? And, and listen, I'm all for capitalism. I'm all me for too. I, you know, I, I, I am too. I'm all I'm, for it. I am too. You know, the G League model has not worked like the minor league baseball model, per se, mm -hmm. uh, has in basketball because basically college basketball fills that vacuum. And so yeah. it, I don't know if it's ever going to work on a on a grand uh, level from a revenue producing standpoint. That's why you got to have the backing of the NBA, which they do. And so from that standpoint, they're fine. I am a big believer. Listen, if you are good enough to go yeah. out of college and be a pro, you should have the right to do that. Uh, it, I'm, I, I'm not a believer in forcing guys to go to college if they don't Me want too. to. And I think the G League offers now financially opportunities for guys to go and develop at that level. But people sometimes forget, again, there's 357 Division I basketball schools, 13 scholarships per. So that's X number of guys getting the opportunity to play Division I basketball. But And then in the NBA, what, there's 400, just under over 400 jobs available. And we are yeah. probably the most global sport now of the major three. Uh, boy, it's very, very difficult to get <laughs> to that high level. And and sometimes when, when you do the math, it really breaks down on it's probably easier to be struck by. Yeah, that's true. I actually watched uh, Bradley Beal talking to some of the G League guys uh, out there telling them, listen, none of y'all are taking my job. There's not one of y'all that can guard me. And and I, I I love stuff like that. But I appreciate coach. And that's one thing I like about you. You're always going to say what you think. And uh, speaking about what I think, I think you guys should head over to ebay.com slash sneakers today. Go copy a pair. They've got an unbelievable selection, vintage, new, whatever you're into, uh, whatever type of sneaker they got it. They got a team full of authenticators. They're going to check everything on the shoe. They're going to check the box, the logo. You're not going to get something that you didn't pay for. You're going to get exactly what you want. No games, no gimmicks, just great selection at a great price. And we all know how trustworthy eBay is. So head over to ebay.com slash sneakers today and tell them J-Boy sent you. I'm rocking some right now, as a matter of fact. A little bit of Adidas action, a little gold stripe, uh, if that's your thing. But we're here with UAB head coach Andy Kennedy. Uh, really enjoying this conversation, Coach. Now, as we get into the second half, uh, I guess, per se, of, of this game, uh, looking at the NCAA tournament, uh, to me, it's the greatest postseason sporting event on the face of the earth in professional intercollegiate high school, I don't know, whatever they play over in Germany. I think it's the best postseason sporting event there is on the planet. And when you've watched this year, the parody that we've had, I mean, you look, we've got 11 seeds in the, in the uh, elite eight or in the elite eight, excuse me. You're looking at uh, Oregon state, a 12 seed. Uh, how crazy has this tournament been? And do you think it's because teams aren't having to travel all over the country? We used to tell our guys, don't get caught sightseeing. We got a job here to do. Or do you just think it's kind of the luck of the draw and, and how crazy this tournament is and really speaking to the parity of college basketball? Because if you got veteran guards and you know your system and you can win in a rock fight and you can win in a track meet, you can win in this tournament. 
Well, first of all, I agree with you. I think it is the greatest sporting event uh, uh, around simply because of the one and done scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, typically uh, in a best four of seven, the better team is going to probably win unless there's injuries or suspensions yeah. or things that happen that we can't predict. But in a one and done, man, that's what makes it it's so exciting and really a must-see TV. I think there's a couple of reasons that this season has been so uh, upset laden for lack of a better term. I, I think it's because the sample size throughout the course of the season was so skewed, yeah. you know, the, the, the missing of games, the lack of fans, uh, COVID pauses really through, uh, schematically through, I don't know how Vegas, I, they, they've got to be losing their minds. I don't know how they can still come up and make it's lines insane. based off lack of information. Based off lack of information, uh, and they obviously have that down to a science. And also, I do think the fact that uh, you're basically playing in open gyms, and the fans are not influencing one way or the other. And the fans for the the fans for the blue bloods typically uh, are going to travel a little better. So you're not dealing with that. You're playing in the same arenas, so you get accustomed to backgrounds and settings. There is no distraction as it relates to travel or getting uh, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your cousin tickets. And this, mm. all of those distractions have been eliminated. So I think it just does come down to basketball. But uh, at the end of the day, you know this, man. Basketball is the ultimate game of matchups. So I was fortunate. Uh, best season I had at Ole Miss was 12-13. I had a kid named Marshall Henderson, and we made yeah. an incredible run to capture the SEC championship. Uh, we're able to cut down the nets in Bridgestone Arena. Well, uh, what was the reward for that? They said, hey, man, you're going to go to Kansas City in a snowstorm and you're going to play Bo Ryan in the first round. And by the way, Bo Ryan has never lost a first round game in the NCAA tournament. So congratulations, coach. Here's your prize. (laughs) Well, honestly, and I've got nothing but respect for Wisconsin and Bo Ryan. Great, great guy. Great coach. Great friend. Uh, But I was I I like the matchup. It was the 5-12. I think we were about a 12 and a half point dog. I called all my friends. They were happy with me afterwards. (laughs) Hey, I said, listen, man, we match up pretty good with this team. We end up beating them by 11. So point of the story is sometimes people get caught up in those seed lines. I knew UCLA. I'm I'm obviously familiar with Mick Cronin and, and I, and I'm, and I'm, and I know Alabama basketball pretty well. I felt like UCLA, forget about the seeds, the 11, the two with this or that. I thought they matched up well. And they certainly played that way yesterday. Uh, Without a doubt. And and again, it's, it is, such a matchup oriented process. And, and, you know, in football, we're always looking for matchups. This and the other, but you only got five guys out there. So it's five on five. It's not a, it's not 11 on 11. Uh, so it's somebody's getting the ball where they want to, you know, you watch UCLA trying to feed it down in the block, but you know, coach, when I'm watching these games, one thing that uh, for me is interesting is how many more charges are being called now uh, then as opposed to the past and you watch the NBA, you feel like that's kind of filtered down. Are you having to teach guys different now? And I'm going to ask you to comment on the officials more of uh, the act of the play. Uh, when your guys are driving now, obviously if that forearm's going out, they're calling it, whether it's player control charge or whatever. But it seems to me, even outside of the cylinder, that guys are able to move and still be sliding and catch that charge a little bit, a lot more than at least in the past. And does that change the way you have to coach guys driving in today's game? 
Well, we always talk about playing off two feet, you know, you, yeah. and you certainly have to do that. Uh, the game is so athletic now. I mean, there's arguments as to whether it's better or worse as it relates to skill and team and the way that the game has evolved to a three and 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 layup type type uh, uh, setup. And a lot of that is based off the influences of the Steph Curry's and the James Harden's of the world. But uh, I, I do think from an athletic standpoint, our game has never been better. Guys are bigger, faster, stronger. And as a result, uh, defenses are adjusting accordingly. I think that because of freedom of movement, if you remember, there was a freedom of movement initiative uh, to cut down on some of the physicality away from the basket years back. And I think because of that, they don't allow the defender to put his hands on you anymore. I think the defense is therefore being rewarded. Uh, any contact now on drives to the basket typically advantage goes to the defender i have never thought of it that way and that makes a ton of sense because for you remember that one season the freedom of movement thing was a big deal it was a really yeah, big and it deal was ugly it created ugly basketball and then yeah. we all adjusted like we always do yeah that's true i really coach that that's that's brilliant i haven't really thought about it you know like that and uh my last question for you coach uh about the tournament that i got one more for you and i'm gonna let you go i know you're you're busy doing your thing and that's why you're able to have so much success but you watch baylor and gonzaga and I hate to put you on the spot right now, Baylor Gonzaga. They're playing coach. Who do you think wins? Gonzaga. Wow. I, 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 I think, I think Gonzaga is the real deal. And I know we all get caught up in this. I know we all get caught up when we've yeah. done this before and all oh, Gonzaga, just, I'm not sure they can overcome it. This is a different Gonzaga team. This is the best team Mark Few's ever had. Now he won't say that. Uh, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I, I really don't see, uh, unless they play incredibly bad. Now, we've seen it, and this is what makes the NCAA tournament so great. I remember the team, and they knocked off Pat Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas yes. and what was was arguably one of the greatest college teams of all time led by Ewing. So it does happen. But I think uh, in order to beat Gonzaga this year, whether it be Baylor or whomever, Gonzaga's going to have to have their worst game of the season. Yeah, I can't wait to see if they do end up playing, which it looks like they're on a collision course. That Davian Mitchell guarding Jalen Suggs matchup is absolute must-see TV. Jalen Suggs is a witch of the highest order and an unbelievable football player, too. And I would love to put Davion Mitchell at corner and just let him go to work and play. Yeah, those would, be, hey, those would be great matchups, would they? Not one-on-one. Oh, man. Oh, please. And, and you know, I'm, and knowing Davion and Jalen, it, it'd be awfully physical, too. They wouldn't be afraid to stick their face in it. I promise you that. But here with Coach Andy Kennedy, my last question for you, Coach. I know the UAB fans are fired up. I got a bunch of buddies on the football staff. Uh, shout out Jay Mitch. Uh, shout out Bill Clark. Uh, all the guys over there. But what do you have to say for the UAB fans? And assuming, you know, we're able to get back to normal this next year, like I said, lock on wood. What is your message to them about year two under Andy Kennedy and that what you guys are looking to do, because like I said, I know there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of momentum. That's what 22 wins will do for you. And I know you guys are hungry and ready to hunt. Well, first and foremost, uh, Bill Clark and, and my UAB brothers, man, what an incredible done. Yeah. Opening brand new stadium downtown. It's going to be a game changer for our program. Real excited to be partners with, with them in, in trying to move this athletic department forward. I, I will say this, 22-7, and seven, we won 13 games in conference play. We had our highest net, highest Ken Palm, highest uh, ESPN BPI, highest RPI in over a decade. Uh, but we feel like that's the floor, not the ceiling. Uh, we're, we're, we're hunting in this transfer portal daily. Uh, we're really excited to get Bartow Arena rocking again next year with Blazer Nation, and we really feel good about uh, taking a huge step forward yeah. and having an opportunity to be 
one of these teams advancing in the NCAA tournament next year. Definitely. Well, Coach Kennedy, it was an honor to have you on, man. I love what you're doing over there, brother. Definitely going to keep up with you. The, the state of basketball in the state of Alabama is entering a golden era with, with what you guys are doing, South Alabama, Auburn, Alabama. You look at North Alabama, and I think it's one of the first times ever in this state that there's a little bit of basketball leaning going on too. And, and I'm really excited to watch it. I know the out of conference matchups between you guys and Auburn and Alabama and all, are going to be just electric and I can't wait to see them. And coach, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know you're a busy man and uh, we got to get you on again, brothers. We get closer to the season. Hey, my pleasure, man. Always fun. Definitely. We'll be safe out there, coach. And I want to thank everybody else for joining us. Make sure you head over to jboyshow.com, get some merch. we got the hoodies, hats. we got koozies on the way, a ton of stuff. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button uh, on our YouTube channel. If you're watching right now and you haven't hit that subscribe button, you better hit it because the ride's only getting started. We're only just getting in the roller coaster and they're strapping us in. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well, iHeartRadio, however you can get to us. It's been another edition of the J Boy Show with UAB head coach, Andy Kennedy blazing a trail of his own over there. And J-Boy's going, 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 gone. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn. Technical Director, Dave Hammack. Creative Director, David Culbertson. Audio Engineer, Faison Sharif. Production Assistants, Blaine Crane and Kyle Orr. Executive Producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and visit our website, thejboyshow.com, for updates regarding our newest apparel and merch designs. Win the water cooler with The Jayboy Show. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like not paying attention to a safety demonstration on a flight. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine. But what if one day that yellow mask drops down and you don't know what to do with it? It's better to be safe than sorry, and the same applies to your online activity. Every time you connect to an encrypted network in a cafe, hotel, or airport, any hacker on the same network can access your personal data, including your passwords and financial details. And it doesn't take much for hackers to hack. All you got to have is some cheap hardware. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling your personal information on the dark web. But ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It's so secure it would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. I love how easy it is to use ExpressVPN. All you got to do is fire up the app and click one button to get protected. Plus, it works across all your devices, your phone, laptop, tablets, and more. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash wire. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash wire to get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash wire.